You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a one-year subscription to pushlink.com, P-U-S-H-L-Y-N-K. It's valued at about 600 bucks. Pushlink allows you to send push notifications to your subscribers on almost any platform. The fact is push notifications get about 10 times the response rate when compared to traditional email. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a quick snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716-218-8981 or you can email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Aaron Orendorf. He's the editor-in-chief of Shopify Plus and the founder of Iconic Content. Last year, Aaron was named by Forbes as both a top 10 B2B content marketer and a top 25 marketing influencer to watch. He's been a contributor to sites like Mashable, Entrepreneur, Success, Business Insider, Lifehacker, and the list goes on. Over the last three years, Aaron's written the top performing and most shared posts at Content Marketing Institute, Unbounce, Copy Blogger, and Get Response. He's also the father of three daughters, two bunnies, and the husband of one wife. So welcome to the show, Aaron. I am excited to be here, Dennis. And if for no other reason than just to hear my resume read with enthusiasm. (laughs) Great way to start my day. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I know you're in you're in Oregon, so it's early for you. And you said you're we were talking a little bit beforehand. You're an early guy. So I got you fresh and ready to go to start this interview. So I'm excited. Appreciate you being here. So before we dive in, because I'm I'm super excited to talk about, you know, kind of what we're gonna dive into today, this little hack and this strategy that you we were talking about before the interview, before we hit play. But before we do that, can you just Give us a little bit of a backstory. Tell us a little bit about iconic content and the Shopify Plus and how you got here. Take a couple minutes and tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Certainly. I started iconic content about five years ago because the previous career I was in imploded on me for very good reason. I found myself unemployed and essentially unemployable. I put one foot into the academic world and actually started teaching college, writing and public speaking, those sort of things. But at the same time, I also started blogging online, threw up a website as fast as I could. I'd had a little bit of experience editing other people's works. I'd had some background in education, so I I knew how to communicate. And that's where everything got its impetus, that whole necessity as the mother of invention idea. And for about the first two years of my online marketing life, I guest blogged, guest posted like a madman at a number of the places you just listed in my intro. And that's how I built my personal brand and made a career, a living out of online writing. Perfect. So so what's your business do now? What's the primary focus of Iconic Content? I know you're the editor-in-chief of Shopify Plus, so you're playing two different roles right now. Tell me how your business makes money. Tell me what exactly what you do for your clients. 
Today, I'm in the wonderful position of having a full-time job at a company that I love, Shopify Plus, doing a job I love, editor-in-chief. So I'm basically the writer, all things written word wrangler across the Shopify Plus properties. That team is just growing incredibly fast. It was just an amazing opportunity. I stepped in at the right time. But really, that came about because of that iconic content stuff that I did, where I, I worked as a freelancer for Shopify Plus, writing blog posts about three to four times a month, specialized in long form content that's SEO driven, that's lead generation driven to try to get somebody to raise their hand for an opt-in offer or some sort of content upgrade to give us their email address and say, yes, you can talk to me and contact me. That's been my bread and butter throughout that long form content uh, that on the one hand, I have this love-hate relationship with long-form content. It's labor-intensive. I have ridiculous standards. And then I look at the Google Analytics and I realize about 70% will never read the whole article. But it's walking that line between the 70% that won't, still giving them an opportunity to opt in, to look for something later, to go deeper if they want, and still serving that other 30% that want the meat so you don't make either side angry and the content can stand. Yeah, we're going to talk about a really unique strategy that you're using at Shopify Plus to really leverage that long form content. But before we dive into that, I got to tell you, I'm one of the reasons why I'm so excited and happy that I started a podcast this past year is because the written word, I'm pretty good at writing short form content, you know, stuff that's under 600 words, right? Pretty short. I'm just not good at writing long form content. I can do it. You know, I've written articles or, you know, blog posts that have been 2,500 or 3,000 words. It just takes forever. <laughs> and it's so time consuming. It's so painful. And I just don't feel like I have that mind to do that. So, where I pivoted into long form content was with the podcast. So, you know, I feel like this is in a way long form content just in the, in the audio version. And it's just been so much easier, especially when I could talk to guys like you and it's conversational and, I can touch on so many different topics. So I'm envious of a guy like you that can write long form content at the level that you write. You've obviously been insanely successful with, you know, just based on your resume here with some of the accolades from these huge, huge sites. So, so congratulations on that, first of all. And so let's take a little bit of a, a deeper dive here into this idea that we were talking about earlier. And I'm going to tee it up for you so that you can take it away because I think my audience is going to be super excited about this because when I heard it, I was like, bam, that's what my audience wants. So here we are. You know, you mentioned something to me pre-interview that you said you were jealous, envious, and almost kind of a little pissed off at Wikipedia in a way because they they control a lot of the SEO, especially when you're talking about B2B and different niche type markets, right? And you went on to explain how you learned something kind of from them and from, you know, from some observation about how Wikipedia works that you've been deploying over at Shopify Plus. Can you talk to us about that? First, plate it up on, on what you did and then tell us the results because I was really blown away when you shared it with me. Oh, Absolutely. I want to say before I jump into that, what you just said about the podcast being long form content, I absolutely love what you said for two reasons. First is you're taking an approach to content with a capital C. And that's a mistake a lot of people make is to think that content equals words, content equals blog posts, content equals articles. But to find 
whatever form best suits your personality, even if that's short form videos that you upload natively to YouTube, to LinkedIn, to Facebook, if you're really good at the punchy 1300 characters or less limit that they give you on a place like LinkedIn for words, whatever it is, finding what works for you is honestly like the first step. And a lot of people try to slam themselves into, force themselves into that square peg, round hole kind of thing. And they don't realize that the content encompasses all of the things we just mentioned and more. Like you can be artistic and go for visuals instead of anything that was just thrown out there. When it comes to the written word, which which is my specialty, right? So I'm like a I'm a carpenter. I love my hammer. Everything's a nail to me. And in our niche, in our area, B2B SaaS product, it's a pay-to-play subscription. Nobody comes on to Shopify Plus through a self-serve model. It doesn't even exist right now. The, the core offering, the product that was built up over the last eight to 10 years that Shopify is known for, that 30-day free trial offer all day, every day, you can write popular focus posts and podcasts and social shares that are all about how to transform your passion into money. You love weaving. You like making whatever it is. Maybe you've got a little Etsy business and come on over here. You can do more of it. And because that barrier to entry is so low, it makes for a really smooth online funnel. In the case of Shopify Plus, we're dealing with medium to large to enterprise size organizations. So Like I said, there's not even a self-serve option that's available, which means my entire job as a content marketer, as a writer, is to get leads, like a relentless focus on getting leads. But they've got to be the right type of leads. And that's where SEO comes into the mix, is to find the keywords that indicate when someone goes searching for something like multi-channel e-commerce, multi-channel marketing, omni-channel inventory management, like that is the least sexy phrase anybody could ever utter, right? Online or off. (laughs) Uh, And it fires me up. Like I love it because it means if someone's looking for that, there's not a ton of them out there, but if they're looking for that, they're indicating that either they've reached that tipping point and somebody in their life said the words omni-channel to them, or they've tried to sell on multiple channels. And now they're having a hell of a time managing inventory and orders. And they're They're looking for either some sort of replatforming or the upgrade to the next level. So finding those indicator keywords is everything at the top of the funnel. The reason I learned to hate Wikipedia is because every time I would go about, set about writing a piece of content, creating a piece of content focused on those keywords, guess who showed up at the top of every freaking search result page? Ding, ding, ding. Wikipedia, with their monstrous domain authority, their simple question-answer format, I'd go to the page and maybe they would have two or three spinoff articles, but usually it was like a 3,000, 5,000 plus word article, footnoted like crazy. They'd have this anchor-linked table of contents at the top of every page. So, you know, if you look at Wikipedia, they follow a very similar format every single time. It's almost like like for, for the multi-channel page, multi-channel is, and then there's a definition of it with footnotes. And then there's maybe like one to three to four more lines giving a bigger, broader view of that topic. And then immediately into the anchor linked table of contents where someone can then just self-select 
what area of this topic are they looking for? So I, I hated Wikipedia because they beat me every single time. They're always there at the top of the results. And so I just adopted this attitude of, all right, if I can't beat them, what can I do to essentially join them, steal from them? What can I learn from the way Wikipedia does content, especially the way they answer questions in simple and easy to understand terms at the opening of every piece? lead into the deeper knowledge through anchor linked table of contents, which means, you know, like it's the same page. You click on something like multi-channel inventory and it jumps you to that section and that section alone. And then the third thing was what I noticed is that Wikipedia has this sort of one ring to rule them all philosophy, one page to rule them all. So they're not spreading out their authority to a host of different long form or excuse me, long tail keywords. Like they don't have separate articles on B2B e-commerce marketing and B2B e-commerce platforms and B2B e-commerce, whatever the other niche long tail phrases are. They have one central hub where everything is aggregated. And seeing that last Christmas when I was making this, this has all happened over last Christmas. I was making my transition into the editor-in-chief position. I saw this pattern over and over again. And over the Christmas break, when everybody else was away, I decided to run an experiment because I figured if it fails, I can move it back and I won't get in trouble because nobody will notice everybody's away. Gotcha. So what you're saying is this, just let me, let me break this down is that do it. a lot of B2B content marketers and just content marketers in general, bloggers, they have, they might have a hundred blog posts and they're covering all these separate, smaller niches and long tail keywords. And as opposed to doing that, what Wikipedia does is they kind of bring those all together into one big monster post that's much more comprehensive. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like, for instance, in a B2C setting, like if I sell hiking boots and I know I can get a whole bunch of basically direct sales through Google AdWords or Google product listing ads, right? That's the direct response way of, but that's only for people that are actually in the market for boots right then. And so it's, it's only taking care of a very small percentage of the audience you're trying to serve. What you also know is that people that are into hiking boots are constantly looking for new trails and new experiences. And they're very specific about the geographies that they're looking for. So if I want to dominate something like best hiking trails in the Northwest, right? Often a Wikipedia-esque type article or piece of content is going to dominate that on like a .org or even a .gov site where some government agency that isn't in it for the profit, so shame on them, has put together a great piece on all the different hiking trails in the Northwest. And then someone else has all the cool hiking trails in the Midwest. And someone else has all the cool hiking trails in the Rocky Mountains or whatever it is. And what I want to do is instead of spreading that out so that it's like this trail and that trail on different posts and then tips for like how to collect drinking water and things like that, if I'm selling hiking boots, I want to own one of those and put all of my content eggs into that single basket and juice the hell out of it with interlinking instead of spreading it out over a bunch of different pieces. Got it. Okay. So tell me about the experiment. Perfect. Now that we've clarified that, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Talk about the experiment. I'm excited. Okay. So the experiment was we had about five to seven different articles that all were dancing around this, this topic of site performance. And there's a certain tipping point when people reach a number of transactions per hour or even per minute, 
right? These are like the Shark Tank experiences or the Black Friday, Cyber Monday experiences or somebody that gets their first write-up in Forbes. So these are businesses that are on either the cusp of making it really big or they just went through their making it big experience and something bad happened. So they're out there on Google looking for ways to improve the scalability, the amount of traffic they can handle. How do we continue to service transactions and sales at peak times when when people are just flooding our website? We had all these different articles dancing around this topic in different ways. Some were talking about page speed. Some were talking about how to reduce the number of images. Some were very technical and like, how do you get JavaScript or how do you get different page elements to load? consecutively as someone scrolls rather than all at once, which slows you down. So a lot of like technical mixed with pain and some sort of popular elements, right? But they all were around this one big idea. So over the Christmas break, I consolidated, I took all of these posts, copy and pasted them into a single Google document. And what I noticed with the, with the Google results and especially with something like Google snippets, right? You know, like the, the, Position zero is often what they're called. Yeah, at the very top. Well, you get like a preview of the, the main points of the article. What would get pulled into that were listicle type things of the steps you can take, the number of tools you can use, the ways you can go about doing something. So I aggregated all of these different pieces of content into one. I collected them into sort of the one through 12 points on how to improve e-commerce site performance and page speed. Put all those into a single Google Doc, loaded them up into the CMS behind the scenes. And then once I got it polished and where I, uh, it, it all read correctly, like a coherent piece, before I pushed publish, and I do this now on any major piece of long form content. And this is, this is the real secret super stuff. Okay. I didn't even tell you this at the start of the interview. I literally copy and paste that whole article as it looks in the CMS in the preview doc. So you can do this through WordPress. We do it through the Shopify CMS on our end. I copy and paste that into a Word document, clean it up a little bit, and export it as a PDF so that I've got this sort of content offer ready and waiting for anybody that visits the page. And I can see this throughout the article itself and through pop-ups slash overlays to say, don't have time to read this beast of an article. Grab the entire piece as a guide here. And it's the, it's the lowest effort way to create highly clickable opt-in offers because it's not actually creating anything new. It's just uh, taking all this work that you've put into the single piece and basically making it like a save for later type offer. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You're just making it easy for them if they're stressed on time and they're all of a sudden they see it's, you know, scroll, scroll, scroll. They're like, oh, I'm out. They punt as opposed to getting, taking your piece with them. That's perfect. Yeah. It's low effort. I love anything that's low effort, high yield, low effort, high yield. For sure. So, so I wait till the Christmas break. I put all these into a single document. I create my little PDF. I make the clickable link with the email gate in front of it. And then I do the dangerous thing. I hide every single one of the pre-existing articles, throw in 301 redirects on top of all of them and send everything to the new piece. And I had no idea if this was going to work. Like, am I just going to absolutely tank the current rankings of all of these pieces and that's why I did it over the Christmas break. In case that happened, hopefully I could like unhide all the articles, turn off all the redirects and nobody would notice and I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. And Google wouldn't be too mad at you for doing it. Yeah. Ho- hopefully I could just like, you know, tell it to recrawl and be like, oopsie, I made a mistake. Google, please don't hate me forever. Don't tell my boss Google. Like, all, right. <laughs> all right. So tell me what happened. Here we go. Now give us the results because this is where people are going to get excited. 
Within 48 to 72 hours, this one article jumped to the number two, number three, and in some cases, number one position for three of the five different keyword phrases I was looking for. Now, I I can't tell you, like this is one of those proprietary things I don't want to give everything away. I've hinted at what the topic was. And so if anybody wants to go to Google and look for some of the phrases I've mentioned, you'll see it. That was about six months ago. And as we've continued to send any article that mentions e-commerce site performance or page speed. And by send, I mean anytime we mention that topic in another article, we just create an interlink using that anchor text or some variant of it and send people to that one big page to rule them all. As we've continued to do that and built up this web of interlinks, which Wikipedia does so well, right? Wikipedia is like, they're not going to talk about a specific topic if they've addressed it in a different article inside another article. They're going to send you to the one page that rules them all. And so Wikipedia's got this amazing interlinking strategy going on. And we just adopted a similar approach with our own content on site. And it's continued. I mean, that 48 to 72 hours just blew my mind. And I'm like, I have cracked the code. I'm addicted. Like, this is my jam now. And this is what- <laughs> This is where you and I started talking about at the very beginning uh, before we even kicked off this actual recorded version of it is today my SOP, my standard operating procedure for content creation is not to create net new content. It's to mine the existing catalog that we already own and say, where can I take this process of consolidating first this Wikipedia process, putting everything into one article and then Oftentimes, all it means is then updating the statistics or you know, updating the data with fresh numbers from more recent studies or making sure the examples aren't old and out of date and getting new visuals in there. But it's a, it's a really lightweight, less labor intensive way of getting far better results than just being like, okay, I've got to make something new, make something new, which will kill you in the content creation game. It's either super expensive or it's just so time consuming. And the challenge is, right? I mean, if you put a hundred of these really in-depth long form posts in there, how many are really going to hit the one, two, three, four, five position on Google? It's almost impossible to predict, but it's typically not that many. And that's the thing too, where when I've got one topical post to rule them all, What I can then do is anytime somebody asks me to submit to an article, right, like an insight or something like that, I'm shameless. My first question back to them is, fantastic. I would love to tell you an insight. Is it cool if I get a follow link to this piece where we also talk about that? I will write you up something original and new, but can we have this also? And that way I don't have to like, I I don't ask for links to like iconiccontent.com, my homepage, or even Shopify slash plus. None of these homepage things where a lot of people send links to when they do contributions, I always ask for before, can I get a link to blank, whatever one I'm really working on at the time. And uh, that just, it it makes it easier for me at that point also, because then I don't have to think about things. I've got these go-to resources. Perfect. So in one or two minutes, can you do my audience a huge favor? Because you just set up. A lot. There was a lot there, and you know you're excited and you're talking fast, and and I'm I'm absorbing it. So selfishly as well as for my audience, could you in two or three or four steps summarize what my audience should be doing in order to try to see the same sort of results and maybe just a quick step by step? Because I know you said one of them, which was 
rather than focusing on always creating net new content, it's to mine existing content. Can you put that in a little bit of a framework of two or three or four steps for me? Step number one, identify keywords. And I use the simplest tool imaginable because I suck at all things technical. It's called keywordtool.io and it aggregates data from Google basically and other search engines. I go there and I enter, like, I, I go there to look for keywords that have at least registered volume. So like 20 or more searches per month is all I need to know I'm going to get traffic. I just want to make sure that's it. Number one, identify the keywords that will get traffic and that also overlap with your business goals. Step two, search your own existing content for the areas where you address that keyword. Perfect. Step three, copy and paste all of those places where you address that keyword from existing content into a single Google Doc or whatever your preferred writing tool is. Four, smooth it out. Identify the steps that are inside of it, the number of points that are inside of it. Sometimes it's taking those articles and making each article a subpoint inside a larger piece. Sometimes the articles have two or three points inside of them. And I want to smooth it out so it reads coherently as one single piece. Okay. Perfect. Five, hide or whatever the equivalent of deleting or removing your existing content is and set up 301 redirects all to this new page you've created to rule them all. So do you keep the same permalink or do you change the permalink? This is the really dangerous thing that I think there's still some debate about. I almost always set up a new URL. So you're setting up a new permalink. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. And there is still some debate about that. I have only seen success on that. And I've seen a few articles come out recently where basically Google has said, nah, we don't, as long as you 301 it, like 99%, if not 100% of all the existing link juice will get sent there. That's perfect. That's killer. I love it. It's so funny. I was just having a conversation. It's so timely that you and I met, you know, through our mutual friend, Jeremy Slate, And um, it's so timely because I was literally having this conversation with Diana Mitchell, who's a good friend of mine, who's a a writer and has helped me with different projects. And we were looking at my blog and we were looking at all this old content that's going to be a little bit dated. And we were like, how can we consolidate this rather than worrying about new stuff? How can we consolidate this? And I was literally having this conversation about 301 redirects and permalinks. I mean, within the last you know week, I'm having these conversations. So it's super timely. I I really appreciate it for my own perspective. So I know my audience is going to get huge value out of it, but we're going to wrap up. So before we go, just let's do, you know, let's do some quick, quick buzz through on the last couple of questions that I, that I always like to ask. Number one, what's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using today? If you had to pick one. SEM Rush. SEM Rush. Got it. I freaking love it. It's simple. Like I said, I have no technical skills. I can load up a batch of keywords. I can give them a title and SEM Rush tells me day after day, how are things going? Good. Perfect. All right. And what would be one book that you would recommend to my audience, particularly if it can relate to growth strategies, tactics, or, and, or, you know, ways to help them grow their business? I'm going to be thoroughly unoriginal. Sean Ellis and Morgan Brown's book, Hacking Growth, is like a modern classic. Hacking Growth. It is unbelievably good. I, I'm rereading it for like the fourth time, literally last night, sitting on the couch with it. Perfect. Well, listen, Aaron, you've been amazing. 
I really love what we talked about today. I think there's huge value for people. I commend you for having the balls to take that experiment over the holiday and, and really, because that's a scary deal, right? I mean, that's a scary- Don't tell anybody. That's a scary between deal. Us. But it, yeah, exactly. But it paid off for you and I'm sure it's going to pay off big time for Shopify Plus. So could you let everybody know how they could connect with you and then we'll close it out for today. I'm super active on LinkedIn right now. And luckily having a name that's hard to pronounce makes me easy to find, Aaron Orndorf. I'm pretty sure if you Google Aaron, two A's, R-O-N space O-R-E, that's the point at which Google goes, oh, you meant this guy. And so it'll auto-complete it for you then. But if you just track down, I'm almost sure there's only one Aaron Orndorf on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to interact with me and see what I'm up to. Awesome. I'll definitely put a link here in the show notes. And I want to thank you for joining me. Congrats on all the success. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. I sure hope so. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Aaron. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.